Good morning. Let's start by opening in prayer. This time is yours, Lord Jesus. We choose to um, open our ears and our hearts to what it is that you would have to say, and I choose to surrender myself and ask you, Holy Spirit, to be the one who speaks through me this morning. I pray that you will be brought glory and honor because of what we focus on this morning, because you are worthy to be praised. In Jesus' name, amen. So this Advent season, we have been looking at the fact that our hope is here now, that when Jesus came and brought hope to the earth, it wasn't only for us to have hope for our eternity. It was also meant to inspire hope for us here in our present, everyday living. And over this week and next week, we're going to look specifically at Mary and Joseph and the daring hope they had by picking to believe that God's promises were true, despite all of the obstacles they were going to have to face, all of the hardships they were going to have to go through, and the sheer unbelievability of what it was that God had actually promised to them. And we're going to look for what we can pull from their story to apply to our lives in the here and the now. So I'd like to start by looking at the account of the angel appearing to Mary in Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 26. And we're going to read this together, and then we'll look at the promises God gave Mary and her response to those promises. So if you'd like, turn with me to Luke 1, and we'll start reading at verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord said to her will be accomplished. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. 
For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He's performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He's brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He's filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. And Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. What a packed passage, full of so much amazing truth for us. So let's start by taking a look at the promises of God to Mary. As I was studying this passage and pulling out the promises that God had spoken to Mary through Gabriel, I noticed that before God even got to the promises that he had given to Mary, he started by speaking directly to Mary and focusing on some messages from his heart to hers. You are highly favored, the angel said. The Lord is with you. You have found favor with God. I love this. God has this unbelievable, mind-blowing promise that he is going to be telling Mary through Gabriel. But before he gets there, he starts with Mary, making sure that she understands that he sees her and how he sees her and that he cares about her. And he does that first to set the foundation for what it is that he is about to ask of her. Wouldn't that be unbelievable to have an angel come from God and speak those precious truths from his heart to ours? We're favored. He's with us. He's pleased with us. We actually have some of those truths given to us already, don't we, in the word of God. It's actually chock full of his heart for us. But like Mary, we have to decide, are we going to hear those truths and receive them as truth for us? Because really, they have to form the foundation that we stand on to hear the rest of the promises that God gives us. I don't think it was a coincidence that that was how the angel started, that he wanted Mary to have her feet on the firm foundation of who God saw her to be and how he felt about her before he asked the big thing of her. We have that same response too, or the opportunity for that same response as well. To hear what God says about how he feels about us and then to decide, are we gonna believe that to be truth? Is that the foundation we're gonna stand on to move forward into what he's promised us? And then once God has communicated that care for Mary, he has the angel tell her what it is that he has planned, the promises that he has. And so you'll see behind me a list of those promises that God makes to Mary. You're going to be with child. You're going to give birth to a son. You're going to name him Jesus. He's going to be great. He's going to be called the son of the most high. God's going to give him the throne of David. He's going to reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. The power of the most high is going to overshadow you. The holy one to be born to you is going to be called the son of God. And your barren cousin Elizabeth is pregnant and is going to have a child. 
It's no wonder the angel ended his delivery with, nothing is impossible with God. Because that is a whole lot of miraculous God-level stuff that the angel just spoke to Mary. Can you imagine what it would be like to be told all of that? It would require daring hope to believe that all of those mind-blowing things are actually going to happen to you. That not only is God pleased with you, not only does he have hold you in high favor, but he's actually picked you to do a very significant thing in the building of his kingdom on earth. Doesn't that sound familiar? Because that's our reality too. We who have chosen Jesus as our Lord and Savior are also highly favored. He is pleased with us in Christ. And he has actually asked us to do really important kingdom work for him by carrying the hope of Jesus to the world. We have been chosen. We've been adopted. We're part of the royal priesthood. 1 Peter 2.9 tells us this. For you are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Doesn't that sound like what he said to Mary? That you may declare the praises of him who has called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Just like Mary, who was chosen to carry in her body the hope of the world, we too carry in our bodies the hope of the world, and we're meant to carry it to the world. We are meant to be shining Jesus to the world, carrying that hope out and we might not be pregnant with Jesus, but we are absolutely meant to be carrying him everywhere that we go. We may not have a growing belly, but we are meant to have a growing relationship with Jesus such that he continues to take over more and more of us with each and every day. It requires daring hope for us, just like it did for Mary, to believe that he is in us and working in us and that all the things that he says in his word about what he promises are actually going to come true. And that in us, as we carry the hope to the world, he will show up and manifest himself in us and through us and change this world for his glory. We have to step out in faith in response to that daring hope, to believe to move towards the promises that he's given us, to trust that he's good and faithful and powerful and available and real, and that his promises are actually real-life truths for us today, not just for one day in eternity. And like Mary, we will be blessed when we believe him. So those are the big promises of God. What's Mary's response to those? Understandably, she's troubled when an angel appears before her. So the angel has to comfort her and say, don't be afraid. And then he tells her this unbelievable news about what it is about to happen to her body. She's going to have a son. This kingdom is never going to end. And Mary would know what actually was being told to her. She would have heard the promises they would be passed down. They would be talked about what, the, what her people were waiting for. She would be aware 
that she was being told that she was going to be carrying the Messiah, that that's in fact what was being promised to her. And how does she respond? But how can this be? I'm a virgin. I'm reading that thinking, really? (laughs) There's an angel standing in front of you, speaking to you, telling you that you are going to be the one who is chosen to bring about the fulfillment of 42 generations worth of waiting for these promises to be fulfilled. And the question you have is, how is this going to happen because I'm a virgin? But Mary wasn't thinking on a supernatural level yet, was she? She was still thinking about this from the human perspective. Well, this doesn't make sense. This can't actually happen. You must have the wrong person because I am still a virgin. Joseph and I aren't married yet. She was trying to make sense of a God promise within a human mindset. And it wasn't fitting into that box. We struggle to believe today, don't we? That God can do miraculous things in our circumstances, in our bodies, in our relationships, in our lives. And it can be easier sometimes to believe that the hard stuff we're facing is fact, rather than believing that God's power is fact. I wonder if it was me being told that I was going to be overshadowed by the power of Almighty God to conceive if I would be able to believe it. Would I accept that as the truth, as what was going to happen? What a daring hope she had to engage in to believe that to be truth. There was no template for that for her. Nowhere she could look that would help her understand that this, in fact, could come to pass. Which makes me think, I have a template for knowing that this came to pass. I believe that's exactly what happened, that that is how Jesus was brought into the world. So if I believe that to be true, that that happened to Mary, it makes me wonder today for me, how am I translating that truth into my everyday circumstances? Am I living in a way that demonstrates that I believe in a God who can make a virgin pregnant? In the situations that are happening in my life where things are not as they should be, where I am believing for more, where I am trusting that more is needed of God in the situation, am I living like I actually believe in fact that he has the ability to do it? Do I show to him in this world that I believe in a God who can make a virgin woman pregnant with Almighty God's Son? That takes a daring hope. And then interestingly, wrapped up in this um, piece where there is a a message from God, where there's all this powerful God-like stuff, he also tells her about her um, cousin being pregnant. And when I reflected on that, I was like, it's kind of interesting that that's sort of woven into this message of all of these unbelievable miraculous things that are going to happen. But then as I thought about it a bit more, I just found it to be so beautiful. Here's Mary being told this mind-blowing information. And then she gets told something that's actually possible for her to see with her own eyes right away. Your cousin cousin, um, Elizabeth, Mary, 
is six months pregnant with a child, someone known to be barren, someone who's old. And that piece of information gets wrapped up in this miraculous promise that God has made. And it feels to me like God's meeting her where she's at, once again tending to her heart, saying, I know what I'm asking of you is big, but there will be signs along the way to encourage you and comfort you that what I am saying is really true. So that she wasn't wondering, am I having some kind of crazy hallucination? Is this in fact true, what I've seen and heard? And this is this beautiful reminder that, yeah, God meets us where we're at when he tells us these big, powerful things to help us know that he's with us and that, in fact, we're hearing him right. At this point, Mary seems to realize this is beyond my ability to understand. This is not going to be made sense of with human reasoning. So I have to choose. Am I going to believe it or not? And so she says, okay, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you say. I would have a posture like that. That when God knocks at our door, when he promises us something that we really can't make sense of in our heads or even believe could be possible, that we're willing to say, may, I, may it be to me as you have said. End of story. I'm all in. See, Mary was saying yes to God, but she would have known she was also saying yes to possible public shame and humiliation, possible abandonment by her fiancé, possible disowning of her family, maybe judgment, maybe even death. You just don't even know. In those days, those kinds of things happened. So her yes to God was about picking to believe in who she was saying yes to and saying, I'm willing to risk it all for you. I know who it is that's asking this of me, and I'm willing to risk it all. Which is the request God has of us as well. Are we willing to have a daring hope to believe that God Almighty has called us into relationship with him and has good things in store for us? and wants to show up and transform this world for him, are we willing to say yes to him and risk it all and believe him for the kinds of things he has the ability to do? And so after Mary says yes, she goes to Elizabeth. And in that moment, what the angel said to her was confirmed and affirmed on all kinds of levels. Not only is Elizabeth pregnant, she can see six months pregnant. That is truth. It's fact. But also, when Mary greets Elizabeth, the baby inside of Elizabeth's stomach leaps with joy. And the Bible tells us that Elizabeth's filled, overcome, taken over by the Holy Spirit. And she begins to declare what Mary had spoken to her by the angel, something she could not have known unless it was actually God who had said it through the angel and was saying it through Elizabeth. And in that moment, Mary has affirmed for her through the power of the Holy Spirit that she has said yes to Almighty God. And if she had any doubts, I bet they were allayed in that moment. And she had this encounter and experience with God, showing her, yes, this is real. I am real. This is happening. 
I can make a barren old woman pregnant. I can make a virgin woman pregnant. I spoke to you through an angel. I'm speaking to you the same things through your cousin. I am Almighty God. Nothing is impossible with me. And then Elizabeth declares, Blessed is she who's believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And in that exchange between Mary and Elizabeth, which was more than just cousins greeting each other, it was laced and infused and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Mary receives this beautiful message from God and is blessed, not just in the, in the being con, uh, conceiving of the child of God and in getting to be part of that, but just in the moment of experiencing God right even there and then, she is blessed. And God does that for us today, too. He calls us into relationship with him. He promises us so many things in his word about what it means to actually be a child of God and filled with his spirit. He has so many rich things for us to experience here and now, not only in eternity. And then we pick to believe him. When we pick to say, yes, I am going to risk all for you, and I believe you are who you say you are, and I believe you can do what you say you can do, and we step out in daring hope towards those promises, he will show up and affirm and confirm that we are being obedient and in line with his will and doing what he's asking and that he's pleased. He'll use people around us that love him too. He'll use his word He'll use worship songs or sermons or books. He will use whatever means necessary because he knows. It is not easy to live in a heavenly-minded way here in this fallen world. And that it does feel big to step out and dare to hope and believe that those amazing promises can actually be fulfilled in our lives. And when that happens for Mary when she has this encounter with her cousin, which is really an encounter with the Holy Spirit, and she has that confirmed and affirmed in her, she breaks out in song, in praise to God. She is reminded in that moment, in encounters in that moment, who he is, that he is Almighty God, and she praises him for that and for the fact that he can do amazing things. And in that song of Mary, she also declares that he will fulfill the promises that he's made generations ago. It's amazing to me that that was Mary's response, beautiful to me. What was before her, the circumstances she was engaging in, they were not going to be pretty. Her praise was not about circumstance. Her praise was to the one who had made the promise because she was connecting with the fact that that was what was going on. This was a God thing that was happening. What a template for our lives. It's powerful for us, both in the spiritual realm and the earthly realm, to declare that we know who God is, to declare what he's done in the past, what we see him doing in the present, and what we believe him for in the future. It's powerful for us to remind ourselves that we are following and believing in and choosing and daring to hope in Almighty God. And that those promises that he has for us, even when they involve miraculous things that our minds can't make sense of, are promises we can count on and trust because of who it is that made the promise.
So how does it change our lives? To be given the good news that hope is here now. What's our response to the fact that God has promised us so much that is supposed to be available to us here and now because of his spirit in us? Are we living like we believe that our God can make a virgin pregnant? Do we live every day of our lives like that is fact? Are we bringing that belief and that truth into how we interact with people, into how we interact with the problems we face, into how we interact with what's going on in our everyday lives? Do we demonstrate that that's the kind of God we believe? Because those promises in his word, the promises he made to Mary about being with her, showing up, transforming this world, those are our promises too. Are we living like they're fact? We know Mary's response to God's promises. What is our response?